tonight on Behind the Lines. Tonight, we look behind the lines at what's really going on with this whole election meddling fiasco. There's far more to this than you're being told by the media. Stay tuned as we look at what's really causing this whole mess and what it means for each of us. Tonight, on Behind the Lines. Behind the Lines. Behind the Lines with J.R. McGee is about to go... International. International. Soon, Behind the Lines will be broadcasting to the entire United States and the European Union on shortwave radio. International airwaves are not only effective, but affordable. Contact Sharon Thompson at 267-935-9042. Did you, did you hear what I just said? Behind the line. That seems very bizarre to me. We have a lot of news to get to. Imagine my shock and surprise. On and on and on. Behind the line. And they wonder why we call them fake news. Hack. Me too movement. Moving across the country at this hour. This old lady's not rolling over. Behind the lines. And it's the politics of hatred. I'm so glad I found you. You're listening to Behind the Lines. With J.R. McGee. That's my first point. To be on the show, call 267-935-9042. Yes, sir. Email J.R. McGee your thoughts or questions. J.R. McGee Radio at gmail.com. Now, behind the lines. Welcome. And tonight... I'm looking at why you should never monkey with another monkey's monkey. Barack Obama famously or infamously said, and I quote, elections have consequences, and he was quite correct. You know, the election of 2016 has turned the political world, the diplomatic world, and the balance of trade world on its ear. The biggest issue coming out of the 2016 election has been this circus of the absurd over President Trump's supposed involvement with colluding with Russia to influence the election. Tonight, I'm going to take you deep behind the lines to show you things you're not going to learn anywhere else. Here's what we should know about this at this point in time. We've heard extensive evidence and have seen credible information that has proven conclusively that Hillary Clinton and her campaign paid for a foreign operator, Christopher Steele, to work with the Russians to produce a document to be used against President Trump. This unverified and unsubstantiated document was then used to generate not one, not two, not even three, but four FISA warrants that were then used to spy on an American presidential campaign. This goes far beyond anything we saw in Watergate or anything else in American politics for that matter. The Clinton campaign financed this dossier with a million-dollar payment to the law firm of Perkins & Cole in Washington, D.C., who then used the money to pay Fusion GPS for opposition research on candidate Trump. So far, no harm, no foul. Opposition research happens in every campaign. Where this gets really bad is that Christopher Steele then used approximately $160,000 to pay Russian operatives from the Kremlin for information they simply made up from whole cloth. It's been proven that the Clinton campaign and the Democratic National Committee were given the contents of this dossier. It's also been proven that the reports that the Republicans conspired to hack the DNC servers also came from Christopher Steele, an individual known to be completely unreliable despite his previous work with the FBI. The FBI used this incredibly flawed document to justify spying on the Trump campaign. Now, this is really bad in so many ways. You want collusion? You want foreign interference with a national election? There it is, black and white. No way to deny it. But Hillary's not the target. She's not the narrative. 
President Trump is the focus here. Somehow, that act of political opposition research has generated a special prosecutor and more than two years of investigations that have revealed exactly zero evidence of any collusion. Let's be real here, people. The Mueller posse are some of the leakiest people on the planet. If there was even a shred of evidence, it would have been front-page news at the speed of stink. This whole mess, in my mind, is not the problem. In fact, the problem is something I've not heard from any of the media outlets, to my knowledge. It's the story behind the story. How did all this develop? What's the driving force behind the actions? And most importantly of all, why would Putin take the risk of doing something that would anger so many Americans? That's what we're going to spend our time tonight digging into and revealing to you so you have a much clearer understanding of what this is really all about. When we come back, let's look at what's going on behind the lines. Listen to Behind the Lines on Demand. Go to Behind the Lines on YouTube. Hit subscribe and click on the bell icon. You'll be alerted to live updates from J.R. McGee 24-7 from around the world. Behind the Lines with J.R. McGee will continue after this. Lately, the stock market has been really volatile. It's been over nine years since the 2008 debacle. Here's the question. Are you ready for the next market correction? Hi, I'm Peter Wexler, president of Willow Grove's Franklin Retirement Solutions. We are retirement and income planners, which means that we help retirees every day position their nest eggs to weather market downturns and to provide for 20, 30, or maybe even 40-year retirements with your very own written income plan. Does this sound different from what your current advisor is doing for you? Hey, it probably is. If you want to know more about how we can help you with your retirement plan, or you just want to know more about protecting your life savings from creditors, predators, and Uncle Sam, give us a call today. Make sure that you say that you heard us on the radio so that any and all consultations in our office will be absolutely free. Call today, 855-347-2346. That's 855-34-RADIO. Behind the Lines. At Buckman's, we're passionate about skiing snowboarding and having fun with friends and family everything we do from the gear we carry to the services we offer is driven by this passion since our first shop opened in 1971 until today we are proud that all our stores are family owned and operated our online store buckmans.com also reflects this passion when you order from us an actual skier or snowboarder ships your order out of an actual shop not some giant warehouse it's our mission to share our love for the outdoors with you, so you and your loved ones can experience winter to its fullest. You may not have heard of us, but if you want that mom-and-pop feel, combined with the expert knowledge and award-winning service that comes from over 45 years of experience, why not give us a try? Buckmans.com You're listening to Behind, You're listening to behind the Line. Reduce or eliminate your electric bill with Exact Solar, one of Pennsylvania and New Jersey's leading solar energy system installers and the only company with extensive experience in installing solar PV, solar water heating, and solar pool heating systems. As a local family-owned business, we take pride in our high-quality installations and our excellent award-winning customer service. You can start saving money right away with a solar energy system. To learn more, call us at 215-621-8353 or visit us online at exactsolar.com today. Behind the lines. We'll be right back after this. 
Support Behind the Lines with J.R. McGee. As an independent media voice, we rely on our sponsors to support our program. Contact us at 267-935-9042 to advertise on Behind the Lines. Now, now, back to Behind the Lines. I am offended and outraged. All the special operations. In my opinion. I found you divinely. And I'll get to that point in just a minute. To be on the show, call 267-935-9042. Email J.R. McGee your thoughts or questions. J.R. McGee Radio at gmail.com. Welcome back. In this segment of Never Monkey with Another Monkey's Monkey, let's go back in history. Let's see what's real and what's happened in the past. In this case, the past really does hold the keys to the present. First and foremost, Russia absolutely tried to mess with our elections, just as they have in every election since World War II. But there's no evidence that in 2016 they changed a single vote anywhere. And if our elections can be changed by a few Facebook ads, I have to tell you, candidates are wasting billions of dollars when they could just run with Facebook. Come on, people. When are we going to take off the political blinders and look at the simple facts? Russia launches hacks on our governmental systems and our infrastructure servers every day, millions of times a day. That's the nature of cyber attacks. Computers can do this over and over and over again. They have an entire division of their intelligence services devoted to doing just this. They even have a center named the Combined Arms for the Training and Use of Electronic Warfare, and it's located in Tambov, Russia. They've developed significant cyber warfare capability, and in fact, right now, are focusing on our electrical grid. We have evidence that our electrical grid and our infrastructure is remarkably vulnerable. Cyber attacks against the government alone are up 1,300% since 2006. This is where we should be focusing our outrage and our investigation. This isn't even the big enchilada. The Chinese are far more capable at cyber warfare than the Russians. Even the North Koreans and the Iranians launch millions of attacks against our servers and our networks and our businesses every day. We counter these, but we have to significantly improve our ability to defend against this type of electronic warfare, guys. But this is not the real issue. If they and others have been doing this for many years, why is this issue with Mueller and his posse different? First, it's all about the politics of destruction, and in this case, the destruction of President Donald Trump. To get to the truth, I think we're going to have to dig a little deeper. Let's go back to 2011. Hillary was Secretary of State under President Obama, and Putin was up for his own re-election. I want to examine in detail the Hillary involvement in the Russian elections of 2011 and beyond. Now, I have to tell you, Vladimir Putin was white hot livid at what he saw as direct and deliberate interference with his personal election in Russia. Putin's party, which was United Russia, was accused by Hillary of, quote, stuffing ballot boxes, manipulating voter lists, and other troubling practices, unquote. Putin directly accused Mrs. Clinton and the State Department of directly interfering with his re-election, and he was extremely upset about it. He viewed Hillary as directly behind passage of the Maginsky Act, a bill of sanctions against Russia that was directly aimed at Putin and his finances. Magnitsky was a Russian lawyer investigating corruption in the Russian system for an American businessman, a Mr. Bill Browder. Now, right or wrong, Vladimir Putin saw this as a direct attack against him being driven by personal animosity from Hillary. 
Let's face it, these two have a long history of personal animosity that's gotten to be intense several times. Putin despises Hillary Clinton and has made it very obvious and very public he intended to pay her back for her meddling in his election. Hillary made several statements directly critical to Putin in the past. She's quoted as stating that Putin's got no soul. She also referred to him as a tough guy with a thin skin. And as if that was not enough, in talking about Putin's annexation of the Crimea in 2014, she compared him directly with Hitler and Hitler's actions in the 1930s. Now, as I said on an earlier show, comparisons to Hitler and the Nazis is the thermonuclear stage of incivility. Vladimir Putin did not take it lightly, and he's not a man prone to forgive or forget. For a period of 10 years, Mrs. Clinton verbally and politically attacked virtually every policy or position Putin took. It became really personal to him. Putin claimed that Hillary, quote, claimed our elections were dishonest and unfair. She gave a signal to demonstrators working with the support of the U.S. State Department to undermine my power, unquote. Quote, we need to safeguard ourselves from this interference in our internal affairs, unquote. In a Politico story by Michael Crowley and Julia Ihoffy, in July of 2016, I quote them as saying, At a conference in Lithuania, Clinton issued a biting statement saying that the Russian people deserve to have their voices heard and their votes counted, and that means they deserve fair, free, transparent elections and leaders who are accountable to them, unquote. Some Obama officials even felt that that was a step too far. Putin, again, took this very personally, extremely personally. Word has it that he ranted and raved about that woman and her meddling in his election. Now, unless you've been living under a rock or getting your news from some completely unreliable sources like CNN, it's not hard to see that Putin made it a point to target Hillary in 2016. And if you were paying attention, it was the DNC servers that were hacked because Hillary was the candidate. The Republican server was also targeted, but had a much more effective firewall in place and was therefore secure. It was Hillary that was targeted. He made it a point to release her emails, air her dirty laundry, and paint her in all of her corruption. Hillary also made certain that there was a lot of corruption for Putin to paint her with. One of the many things the Russians did do was pull stunts at several of Hillary's campaign stops. One that I thought was just funny was when the Russians hired a guy to dress up as Hillary in prison garb carrying a jail cell. The Russians were not satisfied with just releasing her emails that showed her corruption. They wanted people to make the connection that she was a crook that needed to be locked up. Now, whether the conservatives chanting lock her up at so many Trump rallies had its genesis in this or not, who's to say? But Putin absolutely wanted to inflict as much damage on this woman as he could, for reasons that had absolutely nothing to do with Donald Trump or the Republicans. It was solely because he hated her with a white-hot passion that Putin holds for very few people in his sphere. Here's where you're not hearing the full story, my friends. Putin was determined to harm Hillary in this election. He didn't give a rosy red rat's rectum about Donald Trump. Anybody running against Hillary was going to get a boost from Putin because that's how much he hated that woman. The Democrats are running around screaming about how Trump colluded with Russia. Russia used the election of 2016 as an opportunity to pay back Hillary for interfering with his election in 2011 and with his government in so many other ways. You know, we know that the Russians apparently had a code name for the project to irritate Hillary, Project Latka, and the 12 Russian operatives indicted by Mueller? That's almost certainly theater at best. The probability that these 12 agents are going to stand trial in America approaches zero. So why indict them at all? Clearly, 
It's so that Mueller can show that the money he and his team are spending and the time it's taking are having something to show for it. So far, the indictments and the trial against Paul Manafort has absolutely nothing to do with President Trump or his campaign. In fact, Manafort was only a campaign manager from 19 May 2016 until 19 August 2016, exactly three months for a campaign that lasted a year and a half. None of the indictments he's facing have a single thing to do with Trump or his activities on the campaign. I think Mueller's getting desperate to show that he's done something, even though he's got nothing. Now, his earlier indictment against a Russian company that didn't even exist when the indictment was filed blew up in his face. The Russians he indicted separately then showed up in court to defend themselves. Mueller absolutely did not expect that to happen. That had to be embarrassing to the extreme. Three times now, Mueller's had to explain to the judge they weren't ready to go to trial. That's virtually unheard of for a prosecutor to not be ready to go to court for an indictment that the prosecutor has filed. All of these theatrics and the Sturm and Strang has at its root cause the feud Hillary has with Vladimir Putin, and that's from her time as Secretary of State. Hillary sowed the seeds of this whole mess by trying to be more macho than Putin. In fact, people at the State Department took great pride in saying that Hillary had bigger balls than Putin. I think, sadly, that's clearly the case with Obama and John Kerry. Putin? Not so much. The problem with picking a fight with some people is that they'll fight back. Putin's one of those people who will fight you back. And Hillary made it a point to make him as mad as she possibly could. I think she paid the price for that foolishness, and sadly, so have the American people. Trump's now having to deal with all kinds of nonsense because Hillary chose a path that guaranteed the Russians were going to do whatever it took to bloody her nose during her own election, just as she had done to Putin. I believe Putin wanted those 12 operatives to be caught for a couple of reasons. One, he knew they'd never be in any real danger. Second, he wanted Hillary to know it was him. He wanted her to know he could be counted on to do the same thing to her and make it sting even worse. He knew how badly she wanted to be the first woman president of the United States. And I believe with all my heart, he was going to do whatever he could to make sure she never achieved that goal. He took it from her. He didn't give it to Trump. He'd have done the exact same thing no matter who ran against her. He just wanted to hurt her, and he did. Now, Trump's dealing with the fallout for something he had nothing to do with and didn't participate in. Stay tuned. I, I'm going to go into our history of meddling with other countries' elections, and that's no means covered by this sad tale. We're going to be back right after these messages from our sponsors. Listen to Behind the Lines on Demand. Go to Behind the Lines on YouTube. Hit subscribe and click on the bell icon. You'll be alerted to live updates from J.R. McGee 24-7 from around the world. Behind the Lines with J.R. McGee will continue after this. Reduce or eliminate your electric bill with Exact Solar, one of Pennsylvania and New Jersey's leading solar energy system installers and the only company with extensive experience in installing solar PV, solar water heating, and solar pool heating systems. As a local family-owned business, we take pride in our high-quality installations and our excellent award-winning customer service. You can start saving money right away with a solar energy system. To learn more, call us at 215-621-8353 or visit us online at exactsolar.com today. Behind the Lines. Hi, I'm Peter Wexler, president of Franklin Retirement Solutions. And if you're like a lot of folks out there, 
The recent market volatility is driving you nuts. Here's the thing. Are you prepared for the next market correction? What percentage of your nest egg is at risk to the market? Do you want more money protected from market slides? There are a few ways, and I'd love to tell you more about it. Give me a call right now at 855-34-RADIO. That's 855-347-2346. Let's talk about income planning and investment options, including market risk and protected money strategies, and what blend might be right for you. And if you tell us that you heard us on the radio, any and all consultations we have will be absolutely free. Don't wait for the market to correct again. Start planning now. 855-34-RADIO. That's 855-347-2346. You're listening to Behind the Lines. At Buckman's, we're passionate about skiing, snowboarding, and having fun with friends and family. Everything we do, from the gear we carry to the services we offer, is driven by this passion. Since our first shop opened in 1971 until today, we are proud that all our stores are family-owned and operated. Our online store, Buckmans.com, also reflects this passion. When you order from us, an actual skier or snowboarder ships your order out of an actual shop, not some giant warehouse. It's our mission to share our love for the outdoors with you, so you and your loved ones can experience winter to its fullest. You may not have heard of us, but if you want that mom-and-pop feel, combined with the expert knowledge and award-winning service that comes from over 45 years of experience, why not give us a try? Buckmans.com Behind the Lines We'll be right back after this. Support Behind the Lines with J.R. McGee as an independent media voice, we rely on our sponsors to support our program. Contact us at 267-935-9042 to advertise on Behind the Lines. Now, now back to Behind the Lines. I am offended and outraged. All the special operations. In my opinion. I found you divinely. And I'll get to that point in just a minute. To be on the show, call 267-935-9042. Email J.R. McGee your thoughts or questions. J.R. McGee. Radio at gmail.com. Welcome back. And in this segment of Never Monkey with Another Monkey's Monkey, I want to look at America's history in meddling with elections in other countries as well as Russia. In particular, let's go back to 2015. Benjamin Netanyahu was running for re-election in Israel. Obama and John Kerry went all out to ensure that Netanyahu lost his election. However, very similar to the Trump situation, Netanyahu won his re-election in spite of Obama and Kerry's efforts. Kerry engaged in numerous leaks, rumors, threats, and innuendo. Partly, this was because Obama, Kerry, and Hillary simply could not stand Netanyahu. Partly, it was because earlier, Netanyahu had the courage to accept John Boehner's invitation to come to the United States to give a speech to Congress about Israel's opinion on the Iranian nuclear deal. Let me help you remember this. He was against it. Had very strong words to say about it, and about Kerry, and especially about Obama. In what had to be one of the world's most hypocritical statements and a steaming pile of garbage, John Kerry said, quote, Netanyahu's speech was endangering Israel's special relationship with the U.S. and could cause Kerry to blunt his enthusiasm for being Israel's prime defender, unquote. I have to tell you, 
I have trouble even repeating that statement now. It's so outrageous. Obama let it be known that he still had a year and a half in his term and that Israel was going to pay a price for Netanyahu's speech. Obama's foreign policy team went so far as to launch personal attacks against Israeli Ambassador Ron Dermer in several high-visibility newspaper pieces. These attacks accused Ambassador Dermer of repeatedly placing Mr. Netanyahu's political fortunes above the relationship between the United States and Israel, unquote. Full disclosure, I was on location last week in Washington, D.C., and attended a live speech by Ambassador Dermer, and it was exceptional. I'm just saying. It gets better. Obama sent a guy named Jeremy Byrd to Israel. Jeremy Byrd was Obama's 2012 campaign national field director for his election. Byrd was in country to directly try to work against Bibi Netanyahu's election. It wasn't even covert. It was blatant and out there. This would be the same as George W. Bush sending Karl Rove to another country to work to defeat the leader of another country that W. didn't like. Can you just imagine the wailing and gnashing of teeth in the lamestream media if W. had actually done something like that? Holy cow, they'd still be screaming about it. But with Obama? Not so much. Let's remember the situation at the time. Obama and Kerry were negotiating with the Iranians over their nuclear ambitions. So far, so good. I think everybody seemed to agree that allowing Iran to possess nuclear weapons might have been a bad idea. Uh, everyone but John Kerry, it seems. And Obama simply wanted a deal. Any deal. As long as it said it was a deal and had Obama's signature on it somewhere. This turkey was never even submitted to the U.S. Senate for ratification because Obama and Kerry knew there was no way it was ever going to be approved. It was that bad a deal. Now, you got to believe that the Israelis were paying very close attention to this. For the U.S., it was a matter of importance. For the Israelis, it was a matter of survival. And it happened smack dab in the middle of the Israeli elections. Now get this. Obama sent Jeremy Byrd and his team to Israel to work against Netanyahu's re-election. I get that. Kerry, who was the lead negotiator for the U.S. for the Iranian deal, made several statements and, as I said, leaked a lot of bad information, most of it completely untrue. And Obama asked the Israelis to trust him and his team more than they trusted Netanyahu and his team for the very issue that was existential for Israel. It didn't take a rocket scientist to figure out Netanyahu was going to win that election and win big. You know, it was yet another humiliating defeat for Obama and his team. Kerry in particular, eh, he took that defeat pretty hard. And Netanyahu made sure people in Washington, D.C. knew that he knew what the Democrats had done to him. Obama made the comment that Netanyahu was going to suffer consequences for his speech to Congress. Turns out it was Obama and Kerry who suffered the consequences. And now that the Iranian deal has been negated... Obama's legacy in terms of the Iranian deal is trash, and Netanyahu is politically stronger than ever. There was a poll conducted in Israel in 2014 about Obama, and the results were startling, I think, to say the least. The poll showed that there were only about 33% of the Israelis who approved of Obama in general, in spite of what the news media reported, saying that other countries supported Obama as much or more than Americans did. It seems to me like that's media spin of the strongest order. And it gets worse. Only approximately 22% of the Israelis trusted Obama where the Iranians were concerned. Seems pretty clueless to me to have opinion polls that low and still lead an election campaign against the chosen leader of that country. And yet, that's exactly what Obama and John Kerry did. Why is this important? 
Because this is the story behind the story that the news media is not talking about. It's critical for you to understand all the things we've been doing and the actions we've taken to interfere with the elections of other countries. You know, the news media and the Democrats would have you believe 2016 was the first time anybody ever interfered with another country's election, and it was done expressly for Donald Trump's benefit. The Democrats have been building up a pretty extensive bank of IOUs from world leaders and countries where those leaders clearly are motivated to pay them back. These are facts and solid data, people. Not hypothesis, not rumor, not innuendo, not even supposition documented actions that can be proven in court and on the world stage. What makes this laughable is that while all of this was going on and Jeremy Byrd was in Israel working to get Netanyahu's opponent elected, John Kerry gave a couple of speeches declaring that nobody should interfere with Israel's election process. That's blatant hypocrisy and bald-faced about it. And the bitterness didn't end there. In December of 2016, about a month after Donald Trump became president-elect Trump, John Kerry gave another speech that was nothing but sour grapes. Kerry bashed Netanyahu and tried to place most of the blame for John Kerry's own failures in the Middle East at Netanyahu's feet. Now, his frustration was obvious, and it was a blunt attempt to try to lay the groundwork for some type of legacy after they left. But it came across as simply pathetic and had sore loser written all over it. Now, Barack Obama and John Kerry worked as hard as they could, spent a lot of money, sent many of their top people to Israel with the sole purpose to ensure Benjamin Netanyahu did not get reelected, only to fail across the board. What is amazing about all of this to me is the remarkable silence of our news media in the face of such a huge story. Our administration had actively and blatantly interfered with a close ally's presidential election, and the press remained absolutely silent. This was absolutely collusion with foreigners to influence an election. This was without question inappropriate and quite possibly illegal. It violated numerous State Department policies and regulations. Now, the UN normally would have gotten involved in something as blatant as this, but in every aspect, nothing. Now, don't get me wrong. We've been involved in the overthrow and replacement of governments in my career. We had a stated purpose of regime change in Iraq, for crying out loud. We've gotten involved in some South American countries over the years. We actively tried to replace the government of North Vietnam, for crying out loud. You know, but these were hostile regimes and dangerous countries. What makes this so unusual to me is that we were doing this to a close ally. What's really amazing is how Obama and Kerry tried to meddle in the presidential elections of Israel and just how badly it went for them. They didn't achieve one single objective they set out to accomplish. All they did was to destroy any credibility the United States might have had if we ever needed to go before the UN and say, I don't know, we don't support meddling in other countries' elections, we will oppose meddling where we see it, and we will not tolerate meddling in our elections. You know, it's really hard to say that with a straight face when we've done that now to Russia and to Israel before 2016. And the news media gets all breathless and excited about breaking yet another non-story story to you about how this is unprecedented and outrageous. It just isn't so. You know, in our next segment, I want to look at how the United States meddled in the elections for the Ukraine and several other countries. Stay tuned. I think this is going to get interesting. Listen to Behind the Lines on Demand. Go to Behind the Lines on YouTube.
Hit subscribe and click on the bell icon. You'll be alerted to live updates from J.R. McGee 24-7 from around the world. Behind the Lines with J.R. McGee will continue after this. Lately, the stock market has been really volatile. It's been over nine years since the 2008 debacle. Here's the question. Are you ready for the next market correction? Hi, I'm Peter Wexler, president of Willow Grove's Franklin Retirement Solutions. We are retirement and income planners, which means that we help retirees every day position their nest eggs to weather market downturns and to provide for 20, 30, or maybe even 40-year retirements with your very own written income plan. Does this sound different from what your current advisor is doing for you? Hey, it probably is. If you want to know more about how we can help you with your retirement plan, or you just want to know more about protecting your life savings from creditors, predators, and Uncle Sam, give us a call today. Make sure that you say that you heard us on the radio so that any and all consultations in our office will be absolutely free. Call today, 855-347-2346. That's 855-34-RADIO. Behind the Lines. At Buckman's, we're passionate about skiing, snowboarding, and having fun with friends and family. Everything we do, from the gear we carry to the services we offer, is driven by this passion. Since our first shop opened in 1971 until today, we are proud that all our stores are family-owned and operated. Our online store, buckmans.com, also reflects this passion. When you order from us, an actual skier or snowboarder ships your order out of an actual shop, not some giant warehouse. It's our mission to share our love for the outdoors with you, so you and your loved ones can experience winter to its fullest. You may not have heard of us, but if you want that mom-and-pop feel, combined with the expert knowledge and award-winning service that comes from over 45 years of experience, why not give us a try? Buckmans.com You're listening to Behind the Line. Reduce or eliminate your electric bill with Exact Solar, one of Pennsylvania and New Jersey's leading solar energy system installers and the only company with extensive experience in installing solar PV, solar water heating, and solar pool heating systems. As a local family-owned business, we take pride in our high-quality installations and our excellent award-winning customer service. You can start saving money right away with a solar energy system. To learn more, call us at 215-621-8353 or visit us online at exactsolar.com today. Behind the Lines. We'll be right back after this. Support Behind the Lines with J.R. McGee. As an independent media voice, we rely on our sponsors to support our program. Contact us at 267-935-9042 to advertise on Behind the Lines. Now. Now. Back to Behind the Lines. I am offended and outraged. All the special operations. In my opinion. I found you divinely. And I'll get to that point in just a minute. To be on the show, call 267-935-9042. Email J.R. McGee your thoughts or questions. J.R. McGee Radio at gmail.com. Welcome back. As we continue to look at our theme tonight, Don't Monkey with Another Monkey's Monkey, it may come as a complete surprise to you, but the United States recently meddled in the national elections in the Ukraine. Uh, in 2014, no less. Most Americans probably don't even know who the Prime Minister of Ukraine is. That's okay. That's why you're tuned in to me right now. In 2010, Viktor Yanukovych was elected Prime Minister in the Ukraine. 
I have to say, the election was pretty fair by the standards of that part of the world. Like a lot of third world powers, Yanukovych used patronage and appointments to positions of power to solidify his administration. Unfortunately, his corruption was legendary. Imagine our shock and surprise, right? From 2010 till today, you have to know things have been pretty intense in the Ukraine. Let me bring you up to speed, if I may. Unfortunately, the Ukrainian economy didn't do so well and fell considerably behind Poland and several other of the Ukrainians' neighbors. Uh, public anger at Yanukovych began to really ratchet up. The European Union made an offer for an association agreement, kind of like our NAFTA trade agreement in a way, and Yanukovych rejected that offer in favor of a different offer from Russia. Now, this decision was not popular. It resulted in demonstrations in Kiev's Independent Square, which is also known as the Maidan Square. And instead of supporting the duly elected Prime Minister of Ukraine, being able to serve out his term, which would have ended in 2016, ironically enough, we made it known that we were going to support the efforts of the demonstrators to remove him from office. Holy cow. Senator John McCain in particular went to Kiev in the Ukraine to directly support the demonstrators in their efforts to remove the sitting prime minister. Talk about meddling in another country's politics. McCain even went so far as to stand on a stage with Oleg Tayegnabok, the Svoboda party leader who was trying to replace Yanukovych. Gotta love those names, right? It gets worse. The United States Assistant Secretary for State for European and Eurasian Affairs, Victoria Newland, traveled to the Ukraine three times to stand in solidarity with the demonstrators in their efforts to replace the sitting prime minister. I have to tell you, this made Vladimir Putin extremely upset with Secretary of State Hillary Clinton yet again. Uh, are you seeing a pattern here by chance? Putin had the Russian intelligence services intercept and leak a phone call where Newland and the United States ambassador to the Ukraine, Jeffrey Pyatt, discussed in detail exactly who they wanted in what positions for a post-Yanukovych administration. That's extremely bold, to say the least. <laughs> I gotta say, it's hard to say you're not meddling in another country's elections or their politics when you're picking out who is going to sit in which seat. Putin viewed the Ukraine as his backyard and his territory, right or wrong. And once again, Hillary and her State Department team were challenging him in a very major way. And to make it worse, the person Victoria Newland backed became the guy. Here's the details. In the phone call that the Russians leaked, Victoria says that the candidate the United States favored and was working to install, Arseniy Yatsenyuk, was who we wanted to work to put into power. A direct quote has Newland enthusiastically stating, Yat's the guy. Uh, they abbreviated his name to Yat. I, I don't blame him. I would, too. Uh, they, they wanted Yat, who they thought would do the best job. That's who we need to put in there. And lo and behold, Arseniy Yatsenyuk becomes the new prime minister. Here's why this is truly meddling in another country's elections. Our State Department and our top executives in that State Department are working to replace members of a sitting administration while they're still in power. It's hard to figure out a way to say this is okay. You can think it, you can want it, but you can't officially work to do it, and you absolutely cannot have official telephone conversations about it. Not the least of which is the fact that the Russians were listening to everything our State Department officials were talking about. Anybody remember the brouhaha about Hillary's unsecure phone and her email server on her private network? Yeah, nobody can get into that, right? 
As if this was not enough, Pyatt said on this leaked phone conversation, quote, we want to try to get somebody with an international personality to come out here and help to midwife this thing, referring to the political transition. Newland then went on to discuss Vice President Joe Biden for that role, noting that the Vice President's National Security Advisor was in direct contact with her. Newland said that she told him probably tomorrow for an attaboy and to get the details to stick. So Biden's willing, unquote. Now, we not only meddled in the Ukraine's election situation, we micromanaged it for them. And Putin was again livid. You know, the CIA's been involving themselves in elections since the CIA was formed. Now, there's evidence that we've involved ourselves in the following countries and their elections. Guatemala, Brazil, El Salvador, Haiti, Panama, Israel, Lebanon, Iran, Greece, Italy, Malta, Slovakia, Romania, Bulgaria, Albania, Sri Lanka, the Philippines, South Vietnam, and Japan. That's a big list. Now, Russia's been at this for a long time as well, and not just with the United States. We have evidence that Russia's meddled with the following countries. France, Denmark, Italy, Greece, West Germany, Japan, India, Pakistan, Bangladesh, the Congo, Venezuela. Wow, Venezuela. Who would have thought? Chile. Costa Rica, and the United States. You know, these operations run the gamut from bags of money to posters, organizing rallies for opponents, and supporting candidates that we and the Russians do want to get elected. Propaganda often plays a role on both sides. And I have to tell you, with the explosion of opposition research, this is an ideal way to get inside a campaign and play havoc. Say what you want, but every country is going to take actions that support their national strategic objectives. Every country needs to take steps to protect their elections, their systems, their infrastructure, and their power grids. Every country's got strengths and weaknesses. Other countries are always going to look for your weaknesses to exploit them. It's what countries do. 2016 was not the first time, and it wasn't even the worst time. And there's no evidence whatsoever that even one vote was changed. You know, with the accusations of the media and congressmen against Putin and the Russians, you can bet everything you own they're going to do it again in 2018 and 2020 because we've made them mad. Remember, Putin's not a man to forgive or forget. You call him names, you embarrass him, and his country on the world stage, he's going to find a way to make you pay for that. Our politicians and our media morons are looking at this entirely for short-term political points and short-term advantages. Not one single person is thinking strategically about this or the long-term ramifications this is going to have on our relationship with Russia and China going forward. Yep, you bet. You heard it right. I said China. Do you really think China is not paying extremely close attention to all this? And as I said earlier in this show, China has a significantly greater capability in cyber warfare and electronic warfare than Russia does, or even we do. They're going to school on all this right now to figure out how they can take advantage of us in the future. At some point, somebody's going to have to take a deep breath and really think this through in terms of what does it mean and what do we do. Bottom line, friends, I don't believe Trump colluded with anyone, and I absolutely believe that no matter who won the Republican nomination, this situation would have played out precisely the same. It had its roots in what Hillary, Obama, and John Kerry did for several years before the election of 2016. I know many of you don't want to believe that, but there it is. When we come back, I want to look at some emails I've gotten asking some pretty good questions. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. 
listen to Behind the Lines on Demand, go to Behind the Lines on YouTube. Hit subscribe and click on the bell icon. You'll be alerted to live updates from J.R. McGee 24-7 from around the world. Behind the Lines with J.R. McGee will continue after this. Reduce or eliminate your electric bill with Exact Solar, one of Pennsylvania and New Jersey's leading solar energy system installers and the only company with extensive experience in installing solar PV, solar water heating, and solar pool heating systems. As a local family-owned business, we take pride in our high-quality installations and our excellent award-winning customer service. You can start saving money right away with a solar energy system. To learn more, call us at 215 or visit us online at exactsolar.com today. Behind the Lines. Hi, I'm Peter Wexler, president of Franklin Retirement Solutions. And if you're like a lot of folks out there, the recent market volatility is driving you nuts. Here's the thing. Are you prepared for the next market correction? What percentage of your nest egg is at risk to the market? Do you want more money protected from market slides? There are a few ways, and I'd love to tell you more about it. Give me a call right now at 855-34-RADIO. That's 855-347-2346. Let's talk about income planning and investment options, including market risk and protected money strategies, and what blend might be right for you. And if you tell us that you heard us on the radio, any and all consultations we have will be absolutely free. Don't wait for the market to correct again. Start planning now. 855-34-RADIO. That's 855-347-2346. You're listening to Behind. You're listening to Behind the Lines. At Buckman's, we're passionate about skiing, snowboarding, and having fun with friends and family. Everything we do, from the gear we carry to the services we offer, is driven by this passion. Since our first shop opened in 1971 until today, we are proud that all our stores are family-owned and operated. Our online store, Buckmans.com, also reflects this passion. When you order from us, an actual skier or snowboarder ships your order out of an actual shop, not some giant warehouse. It's our mission to share our love for the outdoors with you, so you and your loved ones can experience winter to its fullest. You may not have heard of us, but if you want that mom-and-pop feel, combined with the expert knowledge and award-winning service that comes from over 45 years of experience, why not give us a try? Buckmans.com Behind the Lines. We'll be right back after this. Support Behind the Lines with J.R. McGee. As an independent media voice, we rely on our sponsors to support our program. Contact us at 267 935 9042 to advertise on Behind the Lines. Now, now, back to Behind the Lines. I am offended and outraged. All the special operations. In my opinion, I found you divinely. And I'll get to that point in just a minute. To be on the show, call 267-935-9042. Email J.R. McGee your thoughts or questions. J.R. McGee Radio at gmail.com. Welcome back to our show tonight where we're looking at the consequences of monkeying with another monkey's monkey. You know, I always get good emails from you guys and I try to answer each one. 
This week I've gotten a couple of really good emails from some of our listeners asking some pretty good questions. First up is Ellen from St. Louis. JR, thanks for your show. I really appreciate the information and the insight you've been providing. I really don't get this anywhere else in such a clear, concise forum. My question is this. I'm hearing a lot about Iran and the possibility of them closing the Straits of Hormuz to shipping. Should we be worried about Iran and what they're doing? You know, thank you for your kind words, Ellen. And yes, I do believe we need to be very concerned about Iran right now for a couple of different reasons. They're getting desperate, and desperate people do dangerous things, and they take stupid risks. I'll start with the immediate situation. Iran is staging for some very major naval maneuvers in the Arabian Gulf right now. They're putting together the largest fleet they've ever generated for a military exercise of this nature. It's intended to show the world, but particularly the United States and the Saudi Arabians that they can close the Gulf to shipping if they desire. The size of their fleet appears to be close to 100 ships. Now, that's not as impressive as it seems at first. The Iranian Navy has an awful lot of very small, very fast speedboats. You know, they range from the size of a family ski boat to a cigarette boat. But they do have frigates and submarines, and they have some capability. Of greater concern are the shore-based missile systems they have that can engage ships in the Gulf due to the very small size of the Gulf at that point. The Iranians have the C-801 and the C-802 Silkworm anti-ship missiles and some other equipment that can do some real damage. You know, the Iranians launched a couple of these missiles in an American naval ship not long ago. Both were shot down by the onboard missile defense systems, and the shore batteries that launched those missiles <laughs> were completely destroyed by follow-up attacks. I do get a kick out of that. Just a couple of weeks ago, the Iranians used their Yemen allies, the Houthis, to attack two Saudi Arabian very large cargo ships in the Red Sea. You know, one ship did suffer some damage to the cern of the vessel, but it was regarded as minor. The other ship also suffered some very minor damage, but it was brought back into port for inspection and repairs. You know, the Saudis always take an extremely cautious approach, and they've changed their shipping strategy. Now, several of the missiles fired at these two ships fell into the sea, they were of no effect. But I can tell you, if you shoot enough missiles at enough targets, you're eventually going to hit something very important or cause some critical damage. It's the law of probabilities writ large. And the Iranians have demonstrated a willingness to shoot a lot of missiles in the hopes of creating a serious situation. The Houthis, acting on behalf of the Iranians, have launched these missiles at Riyadh, the capital city of Saudi Arabia. They've launched them at the main Saudi airport and the Saudi Arabian Capitol building. So far, no direct hits. The American design and built Patriot system has performed extremely well, again, so far. The Iranians seem ready to press the issue of naval power and the Arabian Gulf. The question is why? They cannot go head-to-head -head with the American Navy, and there's a coalition of several countries on site who have declared their intent to keep the Gulf open to merchant shipping and cargo ships. So what's the motivating factor here? I have to tell you, it's President Trump. Without a question, by ditching the Iranian nuclear deal and reimposing sanctions on the Iranian economy, he's had a drastic effect in a very short period of time. Several of the European countries stated that they wanted to continue to enforce the deal, but a very large number of companies and banks have already taken steps to not get on the wrong side of the Americans and their sanction. The net result of this is that the Iranian economy is crashing. The real, which is the currency of Iran, has fallen like a rock. It dropped by 18% just in two days this week alone. It's down by more than 50% since Donald Trump pulled out of the Iranian nuclear deal. You 
know, this is a real crisis for the Iranian government. Iran has to show its people that it is still in power and that they can still stand up to the Americans. As I said in the beginning of this, desperate people do dangerous things and take stupid risks. I think that's exactly what we're seeing right now with the Iranians. My second email is from Matthew from Alabama. JR, thanks for your insight. It's really helped me to understand some of the reasons things are happening as opposed to just hearing about what's happening from the news media. I want to know more information about something I heard last week about Israel shooting down a Syrian jet over Israel. Is this getting more serious? Thanks for the email, Matthew. Israel did indeed shoot down a Syrian jet over the Golan Heights last week. Things have been so serious in the Middle East for the past six months, it's hard to see how they could get worse, but they do. Tensions continue to ratchet up on the Golan Heights between Israel, Syria, Iran, and Russia. Russia continues to try to play a moderating role there, and as you know, President Obama invited Russia into the region in 2013 in response to Syria's use of chemical warheads against her own people. Russia has effectively displaced the United States as protector of the countries in that region. The downside to this is that Russia continues to make and break agreements with Israel in terms of security in Syria and the Golan. Iran, Hezbollah, and now Iraqi militia forces have moved into the region and have command and control posts as well as encampments almost on the Israeli border. You know, this directly led to the shootdown of that Syrian jet. The jet ostensibly was attacking an ISIS outpost on the border and they crossed into Israeli airspace. The Israelis have made it painfully clear that they would allow no incursions into their airspace for any reason. The result was the jet was shot down. Now, the Iranians are pushing very hard to get as close to the Israeli border as possible, and the Israelis have been pushing back just as hard. And this operation shows just how quickly things can go wrong when you operate fast-moving jets, high-performance missiles, and incredibly small patches of airspace. Deconflicting this is unbelievably difficult, and the Israelis did coordinate with the Russians to ensure it was not a Russian jet before engaging it with two Patriot missiles. Now, both the Syrians and the Iranians are going to want to respond to this shootdown. So far, neither of them has escalated the situation, but it did absolutely nothing to calm the situation down either. Great question. Thanks. Now, if you guys truly want to understand the game behind the game, you have to go behind the lines. I want to thank my board man, Mark Driver, my producer, Chris O'Brien, and you, my listeners. Tune in next week when we once again go behind the lines to understand what's happening in your world. Copyright 2018.